welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. This is Ryan Parker. Ryan, you sound excited to be here. I'm thrilled. I love this series. <laughs> it is super fun, isn't it? I just got, I, you know, as we're recording this, most of America is, feels like they're in some sort of blizzard-type condition. Yeah. We are in 70s and sunnies, and I just walked off the golf course, so... Dang. There you go. We we are setting records here in Minnesota. Um, we're, I think this is our fifth straight day where it will not reach zero. We're net, we're below zero for five straight days. I connected with a friend in Mississippi who last week who was prepping for single digit temperatures in Mississippi, and he said that he didn't think he was fit to live in single digit temperatures. So, well, that's what I'm saying. Kinds. Those people can stay in Mississippi, bro. I know I, I'm, I'm happy with it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy with it being front, you know, first story on the national news, Minnesota icebox, because it keeps, it keeps our population, you know, somewhat manageable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keeps the riffraff like you out. You can stay in your 70 degrees and play your golf. Go for it. Although, uh, looking at, looking at housing prices, I think I would, uh, fare much better where you are oh yeah absolutely <laughs> even That's in chicago true. yeah yeah minnesota's a i mean it, you could move to the dakotas and really get a steal but yeah talking about uh uh weird places to live let's talk about uh wandavision <laughs> that's good good segue Okay, so let's talk about the aesthetics of episode six called All New Halloween Spooktacular. Now we're getting, you know, we're moving past when I was really in prime sitcom age. I mean, let me just say it'll be interesting if like the next episode is kind of got a vibe like a Seinfeld vibe. And then the episode after that would have what, like a Parks and Rec vibe? Or I think maybe it'll be like Friends or Cheers, or, or The Office. I mean, it'll be interesting to see in 7, 8, and 9 where they go. But this one seems to me like a Disney Channel. Isn't, don't you think that's the the shtick here is a Disney Channel-type sitcom? Malcolm in the Middle was the one that I oh. immediately went to, which okay. I did not okay. watch a lot of. Yeah, ne- I didn't either. But to your point about Disney, it also had that early 2000s vibe in the opening credits. You know, that kind of yeah yeah pop rocky kind of soundtrack and theme song and which just if you go back and listen to the old theme songs from shows like who who has ever said whatever happened to predictability yeah like do you remember that tv show do you know what i mean like just the the most absurd lyrics so yeah this is um this is part this is kind of par for the course so i i thought more along the lines of of early 2000s maybe late 90s family sitcoms I was. Uh, I'm hoping that the next, oh, genres that they tackle are like the Parks and Rec or The Office. I think that would be absolutely brilliant. I don't see how they can skip over the mid. I mean, this is kind of an early '90s vibe, and I, I'm I, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember it. Or there there was a Disney Channel show that my kids used to watch, where you never saw the girl who the was like the star of the show because you the entire show was pov like she was holding a video camera like a you know the vcr you interesting know, vhs yeah. video camera and it seemed to me to have that vibe but i don't see how they can skip over like friends seinfeld 
that era and jump right. I think they will get to Parks and Rec office, but I think they got to make a pit stop at you know some of the greatest sitcoms of all times, which is like that Cheers, Seinfeld, Friends era. But they're they're sure not leaking anything. I mean, you can't find anything online no, about. Gosh, but man, they are they are airtight. Which may be why we've uh, had a hard time landing a, a couple of the writers to come on here and talk about it because they're obviously not leaking anything about the coming episodes. Maybe for the last episode. Yeah, yeah maybe for, for the last episode so we can kind of look back with them. Hey, quick question. Uh, you know, you texted me over the weekend. You had seen the episode. I had not. That this felt kind of like a transitional episode. And I think we can come back to that in a moment in terms of a conversation about what happens in this episode. But to your point about the aesthetic of the episode, I wonder looking at it, we identifying what, you know, parallels it has in kind of our pop culture history. What does the aesthetic say? Like what, what's the message Mm. behind this particular aesthetic or does it have, or, or does it not have one? Because I think you can talk a lot about how the first three or four episodes, you know, moving through the 50s, 60s, and 70s, just automatically because of the setting, you start thinking about power dynamics, gender, sexuality, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And it it didn't shy away from those. I mean, I think it leaned into those, especially in the first episode. But now we get to this kind of rather harmless kind of bubblegum aesthetic, very mm-hmm. poppy. And there's there's quite you know, there is a little bit that we learned going on in this episode, but I wonder if it is there a message in the medium, so to speak, in the way in hmm. which they've chosen this this type of setting, at least in the in Westview. Yeah, that's a great question. I've wondered about that. You know, you might think, oh, Wanda in her grief has conjured up this sitcom life for her family because she was a kid who sat in front of the TV and watched tons of sitcoms as a kid, you know, like that's the backstory we get. So for instance, like let's think of, I don't know, Scrooged. Remember the TV show, I mean the movie Scrooge, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. And there's flashback scenes where Bill Murray's character is a child and he grows up watching TV and TV basically becomes his world because his dad is a nasty old guy, you know, who gives him a steak because he's a butcher. He gives him a steak for Christmas. But that's not Wanda's backstory. Wanda's not was didn't grow up in America watching sitcoms, so that's not why she's conjured this up. So that that'll be interesting, I think, if that if, if we ever even get an answer to that as to why this is the world Wanda has created to you know make herself a family when she doesn't have one. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill here, and and part only because it just occurred to me, and I haven't <laughs> I haven't thought at length about this, but. One of the things that I think marks a lot of family sitcoms, and this is nothing new to say, uh, in the late 90s and certainly through the 2000s, is that the parents become less authority figures than they do s- sources or objects of ridicule. And Yes. Uh, especially when compared to 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And in this episode, Wanda is very much at odds with or at her wit's end uh, when it comes to her children who are basically 
kind of taking over a life of their own. One of them uncovers superpowers. Both may indeed have superpowers. Peter shows up, which throws a wrench in the game. So she, as a parental figure, is kind of helpless, which is uh, something ridiculous to even say because she controls the whole damn thing. Yeah. But so is, in this moment, so is Vision. It's very much kind of bumbling through, stumbling through Westview, trying to find out what happens. There's some revelations that are made. Something near tragic happens with him. Mm-hmm. So at least, at least in that sense of like kind of a '90s, early 2000s, there may be a parallel there between the type of show it's it's kind of riffing on and some of what's happening in with with Wanda. Especially. Well, that goes to my my question about whether it's whether this genre of sitcom is uh, the like a Disney Channel sitcom where always the kids were the protagonists and the and the parents were you know the fools or saved by the bell where the adults are you know idiots and the kids run the school that kind of thing so you're right but i don't think we've gotten there where the kids have that much agency although they do they are yes both kids seem to discover in the course of this episode their superhero powers therefore where they go from here is going to be, uh, I think, fascinating to watch and very telling as well. Because, you know, at this point, as we've said before, Wanda is the only one w- really with agency. And let's talk about Agnes for a second, speaking of someone with no agency, because, it, you know, last episode of our podcast, we wondered if she had agency and maybe if she wasn't even in on it, I think was the phrase you used that Agnes must be in on this somehow. But now, you know, we, we find her in the second half of the episode sitting in her car at the edge of town frozen and, you know, vision finds her kind of zaps her brain, resurrects her. And she, you know, talks a little bit about, and she's got the same kind of fear that we've seen in some other characters. Yeah, so she's not in on it and she's maybe trying to get out, which, you know, leads to the big break for for Vision, which which we can get to, but will the kids start to have agency and will they figure out what their mom is up to and will they take over the town from her? That's that 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 would be very interesting to see, I think. Tune in next week to find out. Thanks everybody. <laughs> um I I think um I think you're right about Agnes. That was one of the first things I thought when I saw her kind of immobile at the intersection, which is where Wanda had told right. you know the boys yep. that they cannot walk past Ellis Avenue. And you know, I wondered because Vision also sees into other um I guess neighborhoods, other streets in Westview where everyone is kind of a statue. And they're not moving. They're not acknowledging his presence. Yeah. And so my question there was, and my assumption is that that is so because it's not in, let's say, Wanda's immediate right. field of attention. Right. That that somehow in the juggling of this community, she can't be at in all places at all times. So if that's indeed what it is and. You know, I think in talking about her agency, I think we see it crumble a little bit because really Peter shows up and is just kind of the voice of 
oddly enough, the voice of reason, he seems to be mm-hmm. able to explain to her what she's doing mm-hmm. better than mm-hmm. she herself can understand what she's doing. And he's totally fine with it. He's like, yeah, I totally get what you're doing, but make no mistake, this is what you're doing. And just go go be it, right? Go do it if you're going to do it. Don't have these illusions that you're not capturing people or holding people against their will yeah. or what have you. I mean, that, that, that hangs over the whole thing is that what are people doing when they're trapped? And okay, so we, we've talked about the inside. Let's talk about what's going on outside. We're, we're, we've definitely got two different camps. You know, we've got the the sword people who are like, we need to take out Wanda. She's holding people hostage. She's a terrorist. And then we've got our little comic trio we've talked about before who say, no, no, you know, she's she's grieving. She, she's not out to hurt anybody. We can get through to her. Can we just say that our little merry band of misfits who get kicked out and they come back in, that's the worst security ever for a forward <laughs> operating base. Yeah. Because they're just yeah. hanging out for 30 minutes, hacking in the system. Nobody sees them. You know, sorry. I just thought the, the whole time I'm like, where's, is there not a checkpoint in this hallway? Yeah. There's some uh, suspension of disbelief at certain points here in this, in this episode. And that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I just do think that, you know, it's interesting watching on the outside and of course the most pivotal scene in this episode i think happens at the right at the very end and that is that wanda dramatically expands the size of the town she does it in order to basically suck vision back into her control because he's kind of half out and half in or maybe almost all the way out and in doing so, in expanding the town, she envelops all sorts of other people and things, including the entire, you know, little encampment of sword agents and all their vehicles and all their tents and everything. Uh, and we see them transformed into, you know, ice cream trucks and Ferris wheels and uh, it's like uh, a circus. Yeah, yeah. So. And 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 we see only a few people are able to escape, including our trio who wanted to go back in. So, you know what what is what are the implications if this town of Westview is so much bigger than it was before? You're, I mean, are you asking what the implications are for the series? Like, oh, I'm I'm asking what are yeah, what do you think the implications are for the series? And I mean, it's it's a much bigger town and a lot more people for her to control. Yeah, I think it's going to put even more strain on Wanda, especially if we've considered, you know, it may have been Rambo who said she's exerting an enormous amount of energy. Does it weaken her? Does it make her more vulnerable to internal or external attacks? Yeah, sure, those are some implications. But also, in, in many ways, it just expands her, obviously, as you said, expands her reach, the number of people that she now has under her control. But, I mean, she is is showing that there's not, there aren't many links that she would go to to keep vision, you know, like that, yeah. that she wouldn't go to, right? That she's desperate to keep hold of her man, you know, or her android. Yeah. Now, Agnes, Agnes, you know, spoiler alert, Agnes reveals to vision that he's dead. Can androids, this feels like a title of a Philip K. 
dick novel. Can androids have existential crises? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. He's yeah, he well, he tries to get out, which is an interesting. He doesn't, you know, when when Agnes tells him that, he doesn't turn around and go back to confront Wanda. He tries to escape. When he's outside the dome, he starts to basically disintegrate, right? And that's when Wanda And he's calling out for help, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and Wanda flies out there and expands the dome, which sucks him back in. Well, no, she just she just drives that expansion. Remember, she's still yeah. in the middle of the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she right. kind of closes her eyes, they glow red, and she's like exerting this force to expand the force field. But I think what we can see is this is just, it, Wanda has put herself in an untenable situation. And I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Again, I, I think you and I, you know, apologies to, we, we've both done this where we've maybe... Maybe we've spent, you know, maybe, maybe we've gone too far out on a limb trying to make connections. But you and I have both seen, like, let's say, churches or Christian nonprofits or whatever who've grown so big and powerful that the leader, it, it kind of got out of the leader's grasp. And I think of two, just in, just in the early months of 2021 here, two that— oh, I know where you're going— stand out. One is Dave Ramsey, who had a big expose written by Religion News Service because he claimed to have the best workplace in America. And in fact, I'm not kidding. I saw a tweet by somebody today who compared working for Dave Ramsey's company as living in Westview of WandaVision. And then the other one is Ravi Zacharias, who now, after his death, it's coming out that he was, you know, messing around with massage therapists at the massage parlors that he owned. <laughs> hey, and then What's last the week, Vanity Fair ran Vanity Fair ran a massive expose on Hillsong. Oh yeah, right. And Carl Lentz's sudden fall from favor right, in right. that community. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep, exactly. I don't think it's a reach. I mean, it's just a it's a parallel. I mean, one, you know, for for people who are uh, pay attention to these things. And as you said, people are, (laughs) you know, there's somebody in that tweet. It may not be widespread, but somebody is is kind of using this series to make sense of the crap they're living through. Yeah, I think it's it's not unique to Christianity, but people build things that then spin out of their control. It, it's the plot of many movies. Quite honestly, it's the plot of many superhero movies is the bad guy builds something that ends up getting out of his control and the superheroes have to step in and save the day. It's just, this is a real table turn that it's the superhero that's built something that's, that is seems to be getting out of her control. And you just know it's 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 not tenable and her grief is ultimately going to, you know, destroy this town, maybe destroy lots of people's lives, maybe destroy herself. So I wonder where, you know, some of this gets into the type of speculation that we usually don't do because a, we're not as steeped in the mythology, but I will be interested to see where, because if I remember correctly, our, our three amigos on the outside did escape the expanding force field correct so i'll be interested to see where they go for help and if that brings in any other major 
um, Marvel oh, characters. Oh, right, right. That is interesting. That, like that, because that they, they well keep happen. talking about Rambo's connection to Captain Marvel, and can could she show up? That would be a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah, I, I think they're they're running. In my mind, they they're running to the hills for help. And I'm as you said before, you know, this being a a transitional episode, I'm I'm really looking forward to this week's episode on Friday to see where we yeah. end up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, it, I think it'll wrap up real strong. I you know I see people saying this is shaping up to be one of the best series of all time. I I don't know that you can say that about a limited run series with nine episodes, but you know, it, it could turn out to be that way. But we know this, Ryan, from not not only from the the shows that we've covered, but just from the history of great television is man, oh man, how how they end it, that has a lot to do with how the the legacy of the series, how they end it. I'm hesitant uh, a bit hesitant to rank this in terms of TV series in general, but I would say already that in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and series within that, or superhero series, of which there have been a few, this is certainly suddenly, quickly, in the top five, for sure. Hmm. For me, and you know, people may completely disagree, but I, I've found it terribly compelling and so smart in a way to engage these characters and build this world that yeah i'm i'm looking forward to and and i hope there's more beyond this and i saw the trailer for i I don't know if this will be a series that we talk about but falcon and the winter soldier they released that trailer Mm -hmm. next week and that just looked i mean last week that i should say and that looks incredible so yeah, yeah i think this as a if this is it as a standalone series that's you know hopefully like you said we'll have a strong ending to make it a memorable one so yeah. 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 Well, thanks everybody for listening uh, to, to our musings on this sixth episode of WandaVision. And uh, it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. Like you just said, Ryan, bringing this thing in for a landing, it'll be very fun. And, you know, I think it'll, I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks, man. I think there's going to be a lot of explosions and fights and it's going to be fascinating to see. I'm glad you agreed to watch this. Yeah, it's not, uh, I mean, probably wouldn't have been high on my list. I haven't loved some of the other comic book TV shows that, that we've watched together, but this one I really, really like, and it's just so beautiful to watch that even, you know, even even in an episode like this where it, it doesn't do much in the plot other than move the characters forward, man, it's just so beautiful to watch and so fascinating to see what they're doing with it. And, yeah. and we're on the edge of our seats, just honestly, just to find out which which era of sitcom they're going to they're going <laughs> to yeah, exactly. take on next. We'll be here. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Killer Serials. We'll be back next week with another episode dedicated to Wandavision. Have a great week. Stay safe. <laughs>